What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am your host, Brett McGrath. I am fired up to share this conversation with you. Before we get into it, have you checked out the state of the B2B podcast listener report? We are getting so much great feedback on this report, real data from the juice. Check it out. It is in the show notes. Today, we are talking about how SaaS founders should think about community. I am joined by Jared Robin, who's the co-founder at RevGenius. I am a part of RevGenius, gaining so much value from the community and the people there. What I wanted to do is dig into his mindset, thought process, and how he built and organized RevGenius from a little group sharing a bunch of DMs on LinkedIn to one of the biggest groups that is out there for revenue professionals today. They have an event coming up, RevCon, October 18th and October 19th. The agenda is awesome. The lineup of speakers that will be there sharing their knowledge is awesome. So go check it out. That is in the show notes. If you like what I'm doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a friend about Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, we're going to kick it over to the conversation. I am very excited about this topic how SaaS founders should think about community. We are joined by today's guest, Jared Robin, who's the co-founder of RevGenius. RevGenius is the most recent community I have joined and I'm a part of and have just been blown away by, one, the volume of people, two, the quality of interactions, and three, just the learnings. And I think this group has just exploded in a short time. So excited to dig into this all with Jared, but Jared, without further ado, man, welcome. How are you? I'm great, man. I'm so happy to be here. I figured before we get in, this is a marketing podcast, so we got to plug something. I know you have a big event happening on the other side of this recording. So do you want to maybe brief the audience if they've not already heard about RevCon, what it is, what you're all planning and what's going down? Yeah, we we have a big digital conference. We just finished in-person conference season. So don't want to, well, there's a little more talent to go there, but we have a big digital conference over 50, over 5,000 people have already registered. And it's about go to market, but specifically with like a community led tint to it. So we have a lot of sales, marketing, RevOps, customer success speakers, a really stellar group of people. And we're going to talk about going to market better at, at, at a high level. And there's going to be a lot of a lot of sessions throughout and it's free to register. So really excited to, to, to be able to offer that. It says underneath the RevCon, when I hit the landing page to register, it says community led GTM, which I, it seems like these in this era, it's something led to anything. Like that's the way we're yeah. positioning what we're doing. But I, I'd love maybe before we hop off of this topic and jump into the the main subject, like what does community-led go-to-market mean to you as a co-founder of RevGenius? Yeah, so uh, community-led growth, let's take a step back, means utilizing growth marketing, community loops uh, to do that. And I think it's super potent. Community-led GTM, like the nuanced difference, sure, that's that's part of it. But it's also understanding um, the learnings that could come to your team, right? Not just leveraging community for the growth of your of of your business, which is super important, but the growth of the individuals that make up your business. And I I think that's uh, the little additional nuance there because it's not just hitting your acquisition retention 
activation gates, but it's also making sure that your team is enabled and educated to keep doing better, improving and and improve their careers and livelihoods. So we'll put the the link to that in the show notes, but I'm, I'm pumped. And I don't know, we got a chance to talk kind of off air. One of the things you talked about liking doing, and I figured this would be great for this conversation is you love to like debunk myths. And I figured what better place to start this conversation by debunking the myth about building community that you hear so often that you want to just call out. And it just seems, I know you're in this regularly, but it seems like community is such a, it's a topic of conversation on LinkedIn, everywhere you go, everyone's trying to build some sort of community, but what myth would you debunk out of the gates to any founders that are listening about community? What's so funny is if if you ask a founder what their favorite community tool is, they'll probably say like Slack or Discord, right? Or, or, or something like that. The myth I want to debunk is that you don't need a community platform to have a community. Community transcends platform. And, and that's so important. We've seen examples on social media of evangelists, customer advisors, actual advisors come to support brands. And yeah, it, it's so simple. Like starting community and building community, you don't need to have a digital space yet. Although some in some cases it's great out of the gate, but in many, you don't need that. Second myth, people, especially early stage companies, when they think of community, they think of demand gen and demand generation. And that's certainly the case, but community is all throughout the funnel and the most potent because community is based on trust. And trusting one another when you're demand genic, like like you're walking a real fine line. So how can you best keep that trust and give value? Oftentimes it's starting further down the funnel with your clients already, right? Like with people that are already your clients, you, you already won them. So you're just helping them use your product better, be in there more. That's pretty trustworthy, right? Like especially how many, how many SaaS companies today are putting people in a product and running away from their their, their clients. Uh, I hope that's not the norm, but it, it does happen, especially um, earlier stage, right? Like as you're figuring it out. So the myth is also that community lives at top of the funnel. And I'm just here to say like, that's just not true. It's even more potent when you have it throughout. So you mentioned community transcends platform, which I think is a very good advice. And it seems like where, whatever the, I remember when account-based marketing came out or when it became mainstream, it seemed like everyone was thinking that they needed to go buy account-based marketing solution before they got started, which wasn't true. And so I love the call out on the community side. I'm curious, like when you were thinking about just your own community and Rev Genius, like how were you thinking about it before you kind of thought about putting the in technology infrastructure in place? Like what were those building blocks that you kind of play back to other founders and kind of recommend they think Dude. about when, when, when they're, when they're starting their community or thinking about it? You'd be shocked at how little I get asked that question. That is like the best question to ask on earth. Um, you know, I, I thought about what, what was there a need that I get that uh, out there, a massive need a massive challenge that I empathized with greatly, right? Like that, that I felt because it, it like, like a gap before it lived anywhere. 
I mean, we had a space to talk in like a LinkedIn DM, right? So, so we needed a, a space to communicate that could just as easily be on a zoom. It could be in a text message. So I, I do want to acknowledge you need to communicate with other people for community. You can't just be siloed. Like that's, it's two way talking. So you have to talk somewhere, but you don't have to talk in like a big robust platform. It could be simple. It could be a DM. It could be a text message. It could be WhatsApp. It could be a weekly phone call. Right? So the gap was there was no space for everybody from an IC to a senior leader for $0 entry when we started. And, and yes, you could say there's plenty of content websites, HubSpot I could go to, the juice as well, right? Like phenomenal, inclusive content website. But there was no community that was like really, that, that had that level of empathy that would let everybody in. And I thought it was critical. Because how are you going to bust through this glass ceiling for some people that can't get to those top levels if you just have groups of communities with people in those top levels? I said, how ironic is this? Now, all of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, I can't be right. Like, I, I have to be thinking myopically about like, this doesn't exist. This is, has to exist. I haven't seen it, though. And I spoke to a few people. They hadn't really seen it either. So I'm like, let me just reach out to everybody in sales, marketing, RevOps, and customer success, VPs, as well as ICs, and tell them we have a no-cost community. And, and, and by this point, we, we had moved to Slack. But you know, backing up, you know, talking to founders just at the starting point, like, what's that, what's that gap that you could really empathize with? Because if you do it right, you're you're going to be leading a movement, mm. right? So if you're not empathizing with that movement, that's kind of antithetical, I guess. So yeah. So so I I was having a conversation, and they mentioned it was it was actually we'll, we'll name we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll name drop here just because he's a friend of the juice. But I was having a conversation with Nick Bennett, and Nick Bennett was saying I was a part of these early LinkedIn groups with. Rev genius, like he may be called out. I was like the first 10 people. And so I'm curious on your end as someone who was, you know, probably leading some of these conversations yeah. and you saw an opportunity, what happened maybe in those LinkedIn DMs, in those group chats that like gave you the inclination that, okay, this is something that I not only need to do here, but I need to kind of push forward. Were there any early signals that led oh, you yeah. to kind of what, and what were those? So, so it, it all started, we had four people in a LinkedIn DM. How did I meet these four people? And, and Nick wasn't one of the first four. He might've been the, in the first, he was definitely in the first 25 in that LinkedIn chat. We didn't have numbers at the time. <laughs> In Slack, you could actually see the numbers, but there's four of us. So it was four musketeers, me and Galem, who's the co-founder of Rev Genius, Ben Haber, and Stephanie Madsen. Ben Haber, we met just commenting on each other's posts on LinkedIn. And Stephanie Madsen was his friend. So we're like, we're the four musketeers. Galem and uh, I had no job. So I'm like, I got to think of something to do because like interviews were scarce. And I'm like, I can't just do nothing. This is COVID times. I need to do something and pretend it's my job. And, 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 what gap did I see? So I'm signing up for everything. When I say everything, every webinar, because there's nothing in person. Uh, sales Hacker, Bravado, Salesforce, Clary, like everything 
around the sales world, sales in particular, because that's where I was at. I was looking for like a sales leadership position. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to just show up as many times as I can show up at, at, at webinars, show up in one-to-one calls. And Gail and myself, we took a one-to-one call because we met like, we saw each other in multiple webinars. So we're like, do you want to just chat? Like, here's my, my link. We're like, what, what, what problem do we say? Like, let's, let's build something. And we said, well, there's so many webinars and so much content and they're coming from like dozens of people yet they're all coming to me and and i just want like a simpler way of like and 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 sounds like probably maybe part of this is the above of the juice i don't know of, of consuming it and we're like what does it look like or like maybe like eventbrite for sales and marketing like a single platform. How are we going to make money? Ticket sales. Three years ago, people actually were paying for events. Today, <laughs> they don't. They pay for in-person, sure. But three years ago or three and a half, they paid a little for, for even webinar. I don't know if you remember, like once upon a time, oh, yeah. they, they did this. And uh, wow, talk about supply and demand. So we're like, okay, every week we're going to 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 sign up for all of the stuff that we love. And we're going we're gonna to consolidate it to like a Google Sheet talk about an MVP, right? Like, and we're just going to say like, here's the event, here's the link, here's this, da, 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 da. And we're going to circulate it to these four people who we're going to ask them to bring their friends in, right? These four people, these four people, I was one of them. So three others or, or two others outside of Gail and myself, we're just like, okay, you know, people that are starting to get active on LinkedIn, people that are in like sales and marketing, because we want to like create a loose niche, Right. And people that are a vibe, we said. It was so like objectively subjective. I like it's like I Y K Y K type of thing. Like yeah. if you know, you know. They're like, yeah, got you. So we we get this group. This group's like 15, 25. Like we're all commenting on each other's posts. Like, I don't want to call it a pod because because it wasn't just like post and, and leave and like 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 we were talking about a million things like getting to your point and like one of them was like hey yo i just posted this i posted that like it was just like part of it it wasn't all of it every week we're like oh yeah we got all the events check them out here's the link to the google sheet and uh, i realized a couple of things what was talked about i'm not convinced anybody went to that google sheet that was the first thing the second thing People were talking about like, they were just vibing. I'm not sure they were even talking about sales and marketing. They were just like friends and they happened to be in sales and marketing and they didn't have this space of friends in the space. And the LinkedIn app kept breaking. Like every so many minutes, it would just shut off on our phones because there was so much conversation happening. And I don't know if it was Nick Bennett. Let's give Nick Bennett credit. No, it could have been <laughs> Nick Bennett or somebody. They're like, yo, dude, why don't you just go to Slack? So think about this. Like, there's a lot to take away here. Like, like we were ready to, f- it didn't matter that it was in Slack. In fact, in some ways it might've been better on LinkedIn. And since I've, I've, I've launched some small DM groups, they, they cap at 50, by the way. I figured that out along the way. We we weren't in 50 at like 27 people, maybe 30. We were breaking LinkedIn and it was just like, like everyone's, they're like, yo, this is amazingly fun and incredibly like, like crazy. Like we need to go somewhere else. So what were we talking about? We were, we were, we were vibing and, and, and I made a point of, 
even though it was free and for everybody, I wanted the first 500 members or so to be invited by other members. And there were exceptions, of course, but like by and large, like that was big because I wanted to set the pace for people that understood the movement we were going to create. I love that. I love the intentionality around it in the the background story. And I'm glad you could fill in all of those details that I might've heard in many different pockets and places. Back to LinkedIn, one of the things we were talking about before, and I think this is just good for any uh, founder or maybe marketer, anyone who's at a brand who is thinking about community. You brought up when we chatted, you said, hey, did you see the kind of Apollo versus Zoom info thread that was going on in LinkedIn? And I told you, I was like, yeah, I, I, I caught it caught my attention, but I didn't like really dig into it. But then the, when you explained it to me, I was like, man, we should talk about this in yeah. this conversation because I think it's a really good example of like what community really is. So maybe like set the stage and share what that thread is and then maybe any of your primary takeaways from it. Yeah, awesome. And and I want to shout out Dan, who's the VP of community at Apollo. Previously, he was the same role at Chili Piper. He's been a phenomenal advocate of community in general and and a real cool person to see operate. And, and we learn from one another. What happened was, A gentleman, Clint Hinkle, another friend, posted on LinkedIn, kind of like a shots fired type of post in the sense that he's like, I I don't care that you're getting influencers. So he was hitting them with like, you're paying influencers. And then he was saying that the product sucks. Like both. (laughs) I prefer ZoomInfo and ZoomInfo is a wonderful company as well. And they have a great product as well. And this goes back to community transcending platform. Okay. This just so happened to happen on LinkedIn. There were people that came to support the point of view and, and, but there was a significant amount of people that came to support Apollo unpaid people to be clear, unincentivized to, to do that outside of following a strong brand. And, the post was edited a couple times, you know, because of conversations directly with Clint and Apollo, and and Clint did, a, a, you know, was super kind with that, and like wanted to be objective in everything he said, and like and 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 chase the facts, and you know, big props to him. But the takeaway was this overwhelming amount of Apollo support came there. Instead of like putting them into the ground, it lifted them up, and. This started many months before, right? Like Dan has a wonderful strategy where it's a combination of leveraging and, and working with, you know, a customer, like building a customer advisory board, also building a community advisory board that consists of also having like community partners. So they do pay to lean into communities and like do events with them and have them support like in a normal, like, like how nine out of 10 (laughs) companies in SaaS do the same. And the one out of 10 that doesn't just doesn't do anything with community. Right. So like leveraging that, what they do on social and all of this. And, 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 you know, the, the, the commonality between all of the, the, the strategy and, and, and the items that they do is that they're done with the intention of lifting up 
the other person, the other community partner, the other organization, the customer on social shouting out all amazing uh, people, all of that. And, and because they give, and they give good vibes and good feelings and show that they really, really care about their users, about the larger community in, in general, when a post like that happens, there it could have been anybody that posted it, right? There's a swarm of support that goes there, and that and that goes towards community transcends platform, and and you know going back to the beginning of Rev Genius, especially to a lesser extent today, when people joined Rev Genius, they would post on other platforms that they joined, and they would put that support out there. They'd wear that badge. People want to wear the Rev Genius badge. People want to wear the Apollo badge. And that's really cool. Neither of us paid individuals to do that. So that that's pretty cool when you have that kind of movement go. So one of the roadblocks that a founder might have, and I think the case study that you just called out is like a perfect example of the positive things that can happen when you lay the groundwork, you create the infrastructure, and you've got the customer advisory board, the community advisory board, all these things. I think sometimes founders that are, think about community they run into a jam and don't pursue further because their output, like what they put out there doesn't correlate to direct users on the platform, direct pipeline and sales. Like, and it doesn't happen right away. And I think the lesson is, is that you got to build the infrastructure. The more you build the infrastructure and you do the right things that provide value, good stuff just ends up happening over time. How would you like I guess patience is a virtue, like come from a place of abundance, all these adages we say, like, how would you like frame that up with any founders saying that like, yeah, what, what you do to build community might not result in direct sales right away, but if you do the right things, good things will end up happening. Like, how would you get founders to like, think like that outside of this example that you I would take a step back. I I mean, I'll, I'll give some examples in the response too, but I take a step back and say, Whenever you do anything that you expect results right now from, how does that make the other side feel? Mm. Anything, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow your car. I'm gonna let you borrow my car, but I know something's coming. I better I better get something. I've literally had people infer that, and and I think everybody that's listening has had at least one case in their life where they felt uncomfortable with a tit first tat type of thing. Mm. It's the same thing in business. It's even worse because you're asking for money. It's even more obvious. The year's 2023. It'll be 2024 in three months. Buyers are more numb to cliche. Buyers are more educated. Buyers want better experiences. Buyers want one-to-one. The tit for tat, like like having to do something, like, and oh my gosh, it's old. It's done and it doesn't work. It doesn't work as potently. So yes, you need your outbound sales as, as a founder. You need to reach out to a hundred people, hope that you could get two to four meetings a day from that. Absolutely. Please do that. You're doing that. You need to market and have paid and have certain CAC goals and 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 all of that. Do that. Yes. You know, we're 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 in a world where when you pay, you have expected ROAS, you tie an LTV to that, all of that. You have you have quick uh ish validation on that and community isn't that. But the quickish validation stuff, founders, everybody, is performing worse now than it ever has. Who here is listening is doing better outbound today than they did five years ago? Jeez. Oh, 
Who here is getting blowing away their ROAS better this year than two, three, four years ago? Who here, right? You see the commonality? <laughs> like it's it's only a matter of time before it's dead obvious <laughs> that, that, that 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 change needs to happen. So leaning into community is building relationships and building trust. I used that word before. I'm using it again. The 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 partnership and nearbound folks love that as well. And there's a lot of commonalities there. But still do the other things, right? That you're going to get the quick attribution. But it's just it's the same as growing organic social in an extent. Like if you have a big organic brand, you're going to perform better on paid advertising. It's a fact. <laughs> like like if Nike launches something and and Nick, Nike without the E, who just came out, has the same exact garments, launches the same exact advertising to the same exact people, spends the same exact money because they can afford it, Nike's going to perform better. That's a f- pretty close to a fact, a reasonable assumption, I should say. But building community, building that organic connection with folks and and, and organic, we, we know as social is, is going to pay all the difference. And, and, you know, I want to give a shout out to brands like Lavender who did a wonderful job doing this early. They were bootstrapped for a decent period of time and them leaning into community resulted in them being more effective when they got money much more. You know how many brands are looking at them as a North star? Good. You should, but they, but but then why aren't you leaning into community? They did something with Sales Hacker like every week, like an email teardown, right? Christina Frinseth and and Will Allred. Will Allred's built his personal brand on LinkedIn quite well. They give free subscriptions to everybody without a job until they get a job. In some other cases as well, they. So what, what's the commonality here with the same as the the Apollo? They support the people they serve. Without asking, and don't get me wrong, they do outbound sales too. I'm not saying stop that. I'm just saying you have to add it and everything is more potent. And let me tell you, when they do outbound sales because they have that, is it going to be lower, the same, or higher responses, meetings booked, closed one, reasonable assumption, they're all going to be higher, just like they're all higher with paid, just like they're all higher with everything. I wish I was better at math. I could probably draw it out and make it really objective. <laughs> um, I'm going to need a partner to do that. We, we need a math guy. We need a math guy out here because I suck at math too. But it's funny you mentioned Lavender. They just came up and do in an internal conversation uh, today with us. And I do the perfect example and I think they're all doing the right things. So I think to answer your question, it's like providing value, playing the long game. If someone reaches out and does outbound, it like to me, I'm 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 opening it and I'm probably at, at minimum responding back which is is something I hardly do with anyone but it's just that brand recognition that I think doing those things pays off and, and gets you where you want to be at least in the game. So that, I love that do, example. Do you use them internally? We 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 don't but who do you who want, knows? Do you want me to set up a meeting for you with them? <laughs> and the point is the the answer is actually probably maybe or yes. It wouldn't be that way if you didn't have that respect for what they put out there. No, no doubt. Yeah. And we, it's previous relationships with some of the people over there who've worked at other companies. It's the whole flywheel effect. But one thing I wanted to hit on is just this, you know, a lot of this is in this content and in this conversation that you've shared, but I'd love to understand, like, you've got a founder listening right now. 
they probably have a better understanding of just community mindset and maybe how to get organized. But like, what are those like, maybe like the, the crawl, uh, walk, run milestones that you would recommend that any founder out there listening thinks about when they're getting going? So with community, like the first step is under, understand your customers, like talk to them, just talk to them. That sounds like a CS thing. Yes. There's a lot of similarities between CS and community. Do it. Understand their problems or challenges. Perhaps allow them to talk to each other. Have a roundtable, virtual. Uh, Zoom license is what, like $15 a month now? I, you don't have it 30 minutes. It's free. Right, like we're we're still in uh, MVP stage of community here. I'm trying to I'm trying to ring up zero dollars tab for you. Put a few of the customers together on a call. Damn, even call it an advisory board. Like like not now we're walking a little bit, but like understand what they need. Understand go go to where they hang out. Understand and empathize some of the gaps in the space. Figure out which ones of those you could solve with your product or with your knowledge or both, and start solving it. Like with words, like start building content towards it, start going on social and talking about it, evangelizing it and show that you care, right? Like that, that, that unintentional theme of, of this episode, recurring theme and the people, your customers that, that are now your customer advisory board that are now announcing on LinkedIn that they're part of it and they're smiling and they're so happy now are driving inbounds for you. Now, other people in the space that don't use the product want to like see how see how cool they are, see how cool you are, and like this movement that you're starting, and want to be a part of it because they like what you stand for and and what you're doing, and 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 then you could you could keep piling it on top of that. But I think I hit crawl, walk, run, 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 run. You could do whatever with we could. You you got it. Time, yeah. Maybe we close out with this one, and I maybe I'd love for you to share from the context of rev genius and then maybe too if there's other another example you want to point to but when you were building rev genius when did you know that you were on the right track uh with this community like what was that signal or what signals should other founders be looking at who are in this community building stream you're you're gonna laugh i was looking for a job probably until month three and uh how did i know i was on the right path well, I wasn't making money from Rev Genius Month Three, so I didn't. Know, I mean, I saw the vanity metrics and stuff, and 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 I thought it was there was potential, but I was still scared to death because I was making no money. Two recruiters, the two, and I I say the two because the the two recruiters I hold in the highest regard to land me any job. They both told me to stop interviewing, <laughs> and I should, and that I should do this thing, and I'm like. Like literally they shut off my exit route to getting a job. And yes, of course I could have got a job without recruiters, but when the one way to get a job gets shut off, Mm. sure. I could have found other recruiters, but the ones I held in the highest regard shut me off. That's when I was like, wow. And, And I remember saying to one of them, but I need money now. And he said, yeah, but don't worry about that. We'll figure that out. I'm like, how? For the record, they never helped me figure it out. I it just got dumb luck. I was like, did they give me consulting gigs? No, but now I get them on my own. No, just kidding. But like, so so that was the big thing. Was what for me? It was when people told me to stop interviewing for a job and to pursue this. 
That's amazing. Jared, this has been a blast. There's been so many uh, nuggets along the way. And I know I'm certainly look, thinking about community building in a different way. Appreciate you coming on and dropping your knowledge. And definitely, if you're listening to this, hit the RevCon landing page. I'm sure Jared and team would love to see you there. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. And I, I love what the juice is building. Thanks, man. We'll have to do it again. Perfect. Really enjoyed chopping it up with Jared. Go check out RevCon October 18th, October 19th, full of insight and information. Hopefully you're thinking about community in a different way after this one. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back. More Modern Day Marketer on the other side.